if you're trying to make any kind of meaningful, effective change in your life, well, you have come to the right place because that is what my expert guests and I are here to help you do. Welcome to We're Talking Shift. This is the podcast where all we do is talk shift because when we're stuck and need to rise to a challenge, make a health shift, a relationship or an emotional shift, well, the first thing we have to shift, my friends, is our thinking. That is the antidote to feeling stuck. I'm Lori Bischoff, and I'm so glad you're here. Now, let's get busy. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Lori Bischoff, and it's time to talk shift. So get ready for some eye-opening relationship tips, because today we have a very special guest. Actually, what I think is probably one of the most renowned relationship experts in the world, Mr. John Gray. Now, for those of you that are not familiar with John's work, and I can't imagine that there are many of you out there, but let me just give a quick rundown on what he is all about. John is the author of the most well-known and trusted relationship book of all time, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. USA Today listed his book as one of the top 10 most influential books of the last quarter century. In the hardcover version, I believe it was, yeah, hardcover, it was the number one best-selling book of the 1990s. John has appeared repeatedly on Oprah. He's been on the Dr. Oz show, the Today Show, Good Morning America, and countless other shows. He has been profiled in Time Magazine, Forbes, USA Today, people, and he was the subject of a three-hour special hosted by Ms. Barbara Walters. Now, 28 years have elapsed since the publication of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and the traditional roles of men and women have evolved a lot since then. Everyone is really starting to kind of live what we are calling now our, our authentic lives, our authentic selves. And so I think um, it's going to require a lot more understanding uh, between the sexes than, um, than what we previously maybe thought we needed and probably some new skills. So in his latest book, Beyond Mars and Venus, John explains why being a man or woman in today's society is very nuanced, very complex, and despite the changes, but men and women are fundamentally different on a hormonal level. So you guys, hormones really matter beyond what you think they do. John has been speaking, teaching, and coaching all over the world for over 40 years, and so I am very honored that he is spending some of his time with us today. Welcome, John. Well, thank you so much. That was quite an introduction. Very clear. Ah, oh, well, thank you. I'm I, again. I'm just. I'm grateful for uh, having some of your time with us today. You know, when I first read your um, "Men Are from Mars, Women Are from Venus," it was about 14 years ago, and um, at that point, I had probably I was married for oh, 25 years or so. And, um, and I had a really great marriage, still do. Uh, we've been married 36 years now. But I have to say, when I read your book, I was like, wow, this is some eye-opening stuff. I didn't grow up with brothers. So, you know, 
cohabitating with a guy was something that I was learning as I went. Um, but it was so critically important for me because, you know, I've, I've got a wonderful marriage, which I, you know, I, I, I intend for it, and I'm sure that it's going to last into the ages, but I also had a son. So it was so fascinating for me to learn these little things that I wouldn't have thought about or known about had I not read your book. And it was really helpful. I still remember a lot of those things today, really helpful in the relationship to just give me deeper understanding. So anyway, I'm grateful for it. Thank you. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about that, but we're going to talk about John's book too, Beyond Mars and Venus. And one of the things that I think is so important that is unbeknownst to the average person is the effect that our, our hormones, the, the, you know, the, the chemicals we're making in our bodies, um, how that is affecting how we're communicating and reacting and responding to our partners. And I like um, what you said right in the beginning of the book it, about research into brain plasticity over the last decade reveals that what we're doing during the day changes our brains, which in turn stimulates different hormones in the body. And I think that that's really fascinating. And I would like to just kind of jump in with that and have you just kind of explain what that means. Okay. Well, when we talk about differences between men and women, it was so simple when we were more in our traditional roles. Uh, we knew men were this way, women were that way quite commonly. And that could be seen by some as stereotypical. But because the truth is, as authentic beings, as you said in the introduction, <clears throat> we become more complex. Um, I, I started becoming an authentic being as a teenager back in the 60s when I became a hippie. Mm. Okay, so I grew up in Texas. Guys were guys in Texas. And suddenly the Beatles came out taking LSD, you know, getting high. Uh, a whole new awareness emerged. And actually it was kind of a spiritual experience. Uh, which brought me over to what I call my female side. I grew long hair. Uh, I wore bell-bottom pants. Actually, I got kicked out of school for bell-bottom pants. <laughs> it was so restrictive. Girls couldn't wear dresses then. Uh, you could get kicked out of school for wearing pants. I mean, this was a different world we lived in. And that world it was a culture that kept men over on their male side and women over on their female side. But once we shifted gears, and that's been an evolution where suddenly we can be more our authentic self, I think as we become more spiritual beings, mm -hmm. because as a spiritual being, I'm both male and female. But as a physical being, I do have this set of hormones that if I want to feel good, <clears throat> there's a unique balance that has to occur. Uh, for men, that balance looks like 10 times more testosterone that a woman typically has, and uh, that a happy woman has. And uh, a woman would have 10 times more estrogen than a man typically would have. Okay, so there's a balance here. And we know that those hormones affect our brain function, which then affects our behavior, our desires, our preferences, our reactions. And a key thing is, is one of the easiest things to understand, when we're talking about brain science, is that we have three parts of the brain. And this is generalizations, but pretty much accepted as true. The brain's very complex, but the three parts is more, if we look at the DNA of the brain, we have the fight or flight center in the back of the brain contained in the unconscious mechanisms, instincts. Instincts tend to come from the part of the brain that's like a lizard. 
And then most of the brain is then the limbic system, which is more like a monkey. And that's where we're conditioned, monkey see, monkey do. And you know, we, we see our parents do things, we become that. I mean, that's why my nose is like my father's. You know, my lips are like my mother's. <laughs> my eyes are like my grandfather. Uh, this is DNA, but it's not just DNA, physical appearance, it's emotional reactivity. Mm-hmm. Our parents got their reactivity from their parents, from their parents, from their friends, back to monkeys, maybe back to dinosaurs. So we're all to various degrees have this reactive brain, an instinctive brain, but then we know now scientifically, there's one part of the brain up here in the forehead, about the size of your palm, which has unique DNA separate from monkeys and lizards. And now our brains are different from monkeys, but we look at the DNA. The front part of the brain is where we have reasoning, we have capacity for leadership, for empathy, for most important, for self-reflection. You see, a conditioned response just keeps going on and on and on. We just do what we saw. But if we do something that we saw and it doesn't work, and we're in the front part of our brain, we're able to reflect and go, hey, that doesn't work. I can change that behavior. You can only change a behavior when blood flow is going to the front part of the brain. And we know now biologically, when you have a fight or flight response, instinction, you're in the instinct or the emotional part of the brain, generally speaking, adrenaline is being produced or cortisol is being produced, blood flow stops to the front part of the brain. So now we are, in a sense, automatic beings. We think we have free will, but we don't. Free will comes about, which is I I notice a a reaction inside, and I go, you know, that doesn't work. So now I'm going to retrain my brain to have a different automatic reaction through repeated behaviors. And with brain plasticity, we can retrain the conditioned brain to be a more evolved brain. And that's very cool. We can actually retrain the brain. Uh, one of my daughters, she's become an expert at this. Lauren Gray, she's in a, a teaches classes at Mars Venus. She's retrained her brain because she used to be gluten intolerant, and now she's not. She used to have thyroid issues, take thyroid medication, and now she doesn't. Not by taking supplements, not by doing. She eats a good diet, but the problem was just getting worse and worse. It turns out that when you fear something. Anytime you go, oh, I can't eat that, or that's not good for me, whatever, or you fear people, you fear men, or you fear revealing yourself, any fears that we have tend to amplify this re, uh, plasticity in the brain. And so we create a loop. And for her, it was like gluten intolerant. Now she was afraid, became very afraid of gluten. Every time I thought about, is there gluten here? Is there gluten here? That reinforces the... the mm-hmm pathways in the brain so that just the thought of avoiding gluten stimulates adrenaline. Now, why that's a problem is chronic adrenaline or cortisol inhibits digestion. And if you can't digest your food, you can't get the nutrition you need for brain chemistry. (laughs) So we're having all these health issues that people have today and also brain issues, which is we have kind of a chronic ADHD symptom. Now, what does that mean? ADHD, we know as children, they're restless, but actually women today, it goes undiagnosed, are massively ADD because they're hyper doing things all the time. It's hard for their brain to relax. So they're hyperactive in their brains. 
Men typically are underactive in their brains. They come home and become brainless. They sit there and watch TV. <laughs> they do nothing. <laughs> That's their cave time. But so <laughs> so we, we see these are all challenges that our brain has. And all of this is dramatically affected by our hormones. And that's why I wrote the book Beyond Mars and Venus. Because if I focus too much on the brain, people think, well, brain science is so complicated. How can you know for sure? So I decided to simplify it. The most powerful motivating factor in our lives is going to be our hormones. They direct what we desire, what makes us feel good. And we know that for women, if they're stressed, their estrogen levels are too low. If they can't fall in love, and who, what woman doesn't want to feel in love? Their estrogen levels are too low. So what happens, um, John, like hormonally? Let's just kind of like start at the beginning a little bit of that process of falling in love. So what hormonally happens to men and women when they have that initial, I think I'm in love with this person? That's a wonderful feeling. And isn't it great after 34 years to have waves of that come back again and again? Yes. It's purely biological. <laughs> it's a mindset yeah. that stimulates hormones. It all starts in the mind. It's a mindset that says, I can depend on you. Whenever you feel I need help and I need something and I can depend on you. Okay, so I can depend on you. I can ask for help and get it. Whenever you're in that situation where I can ask for help and get it or I need help and someone gives it to me, that's going to raise estrogen levels. Okay. That's why women typically, one reason, will go uh, more to doctors. Often a woman's well-being is just visiting a doctor. Oh, my doctor knows more than I know, and I need help. I need protection. I can go to him. You know, there's a whole thing about women and men in uniforms. Okay, men in uniforms are like the soldiers come back. They yeah. are their protector are the firemen, are the policemen. There's amazing stories about women's attraction to the man in uniform. Uh, it's, it's power true. and confidence that he can take care of you. So here's the, the confident woman in uniform. I'm the CEO, I run the company, I do all this myself and I'm not married. What she's doing every day by being the person in uniform is making testosterone. Now testosterone lowers estrogen. Estrogen lowers testosterone. So th these are like opposite forces, like a seesaw. Mm -hmm. So when a woman's estrogen levels rise in the presence of a man, then her feelings of being in love can occur. But if she doesn't have enough estrogen, and even after menopause, you can make enough estrogen. Your adrenal gland still makes enough estrogen to fall in love. The problem is it's so easy to, you know, you've been, that many women have become so confident and capable by the time they get to menopause, it's very easy when someone disappoints you to say, oh, I'll just do it myself. Yeah. It's easier to do it myself. If you want to get something done, do it yourself. That's yeah. due to the scars, the scars of being disappointed again and again and again. I'll just do it myself. But there's a wisdom to not doing it yourself all the time. Okay. And it doesn't have, you can do the big stuff for yourself. But there's little stuff, where, which is just as important. That's the key thing with estrogen. Big or little has the same reaction. Let's look at a study here of a woman with um, normal estrogen levels. So she's feeling happy. And a man brings her 50 roses. She's going to feel happier. Her estrogen's going to surge. 
or he can bring her one rose and her estrogen will have the same surge. And every woman knows that. If you're feeling happy and your husband brings you a gardenia, oh, a gardenia. And, or he brings 50 roses, oh, 50 roses. It's the concept there was in Men Are From Mars is that little things make a big difference, just the same as big things. Right. If the condition there that I didn't know at that time is if she's happy. If she's not happy, now we've seen now Esther, the reports on women with low estrogen, bring them 50 roses and you'll get a little tiny response or bring them one rose, you'll get a little mm -hmm. tiny response. So think of a woman who's feeling resentful and her husband brings her roses. It's a little too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you might interpret that as, oh, you, you think you're going to escape, you know, the real issues here by waving flowers in my face. That's right. And the real issues is her testosterone. We have to fix things. We have to change things. Mm -hmm. And one of the challenges, now this is very interesting, is that if you're in your monkey brain, which is you're having some degree of, of adrenaline response or fight or flight response, uh, think about a monkey and I step on your foot or I, take the all, I drink all the orange juice in the refrigerator, whatever it might be, or I step on your plant, you know, or I forget to call you or I ignore you. So if you're a monkey, you can't communicate. So what do you do? You communicate with noises of emotion. See, emotions all come from the limbic system. Now there's good emotions, it's good. There's all oh, the brain is good. We just need to make sure the front part of the brain controls it. When the front part of the brain goes out of control, what you'll get is negative emotions. When the front part of the brain is in control, you'll get positive emotions. Okay. So we already know that whenever you have negative emotions, mm -hmm. you're out of the front part of the brain, which kind of goes, okay, everything's okay. What can I do about this? Mm -hmm. How can I solve this problem? Yeah. But historically, to the, to the automatic brain, emotions are a way to get what you want. And men and women both use emotions this way, unconsciously, automatically. Anger, to intimidate. Don't do that again. You'll lose my love. Mm -hmm. I won't love you. I'll hurt you. That's anger. Yeah. Then there's sadness, which is, oh, woe is me. You know, feel some empathy and compassion and give me more out of empathy and compassion. Mm -hmm. So now you've got tears coming up as a way to elicit support. Oh, this person really needs my help. You have to remember, you're a monkey. Someone steps on your foot. How do you say, don't do that again? <laughs> you've, got to yeah. get, you've got to have this emotional response. You have sadness, a way emotional response. You have fear is to get help. I'm scared, I need help. Pull in support because I can't do it myself. Guilt, oh, I feel so bad. This is a really big one. I feel so bad, so now you can trust me to change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, out of like guilt. You, have, you, have, you don't feel bad enough, so you have to, I'm not gonna trust you, so it, it builds trust. But these are all lower functions. Now, some people deal with this by suppressing it. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't work either. Some people deal with this by expressing it. That doesn't work either. What works? Well, when we understand hormones, then we can start seeing what works. Mm -hmm. If you suppress your emotions, and let's just draw a picture here of how strong these emotions are. Adrenaline is a, if you're driving fast, uh, at a certain point, you're feeling very comfortable, maybe going a few miles over the speed limit. That produces a little excitement. That's dopamine. That feels good. That's yes. pleasure brain chemical. 
Okay, now like sugar. Okay, so I always drive a little bit over, and that's the way the law is. You can go ten percent over easily. Right. So now you're feeling good because you're going a little faster. All right. Then now the next thing, it's a little danger. That's dopamine, a challenge. Now go up to everybody's going to be a little different here, but for me, if I go up to eighty, then I'm really experiencing a, a buzz. That's adrenaline. Okay, anybody can feel that. Just start going 80 miles an hour. For some people, it might be just 75. For yeah. me, it's 80. You'll feel a shift inside. Mm -hmm. That's adrenaline. Then go 100. <laughs> and for most people, that's not their comfort zone. Now your body's producing cortisol. Mm, stress. Now, cortisol, adrenaline. Just want to make that distinction here. Dopamine is a little challenge. Cort adrenaline means, okay, I need to really focus here. Okay, mm -hmm. there's some danger, but I'm still safe. Okay. Cortisol is I'm in danger. Now, what happens in women and men is very different. Okay. So what happens if, when women have adrenaline, that's little stress. Cortisol is big stress. Same thing for men. Little stress, big stress. Mm -hmm. Little stress in women increases blood flow to the emotional part of the brain eight times in women. And really? it stops emotional flow to men. Have wow. you ever noticed when men get a little upset or maybe you're complaining or something and they don't like it, they withdraw. Yes. That's immediately, instantly. He has no control over that. Now he's in automatic function. That's conditioning. And it's what the withdrawal does is builds his testosterone back up. Anytime he feels a situation is telling him he's not good enough, he's got to come back and remember I am good enough. Okay, so he's going to withdraw from depending on you to determine how he feels about himself. You see, when my wife is happy, I'm always happy. Yeah. But if she's unhappy, there's a first reaction, I'll start to withdraw. This is what all men do. It's to yes. rebuild the testosterone because he needs 10 to 30 times more testosterone to feel good. Wow. So okay. this is biology. Yeah. She and needs I get 10 this. 10 times more testosterone. She needs 10 times more estrogen. And suddenly her estrogen levels are now, when the, when the adrenaline happens, her estrogen levels are going to rise temporarily. His testosterone levels are going to rise. She becomes eight times more emotional. He becomes no, no emotion at all. Now, if the stress goes to the cortisol level, she will become non-emotional mm. and he will become more emotional. Mm. So this really is a big breakthrough in understanding this biology because when women have emotional reactions, men always think you're overreacting. Mm. Why do we think you're overreacting? Because for us, we only have strong emotional reactions if we're in the cortisol zone, the high stress zone, and in the high stress zone, you can measure any man who's producing cortisol is now pumping estrogen up and testosterone is going down. High cortisol men have low testosterone and high estrogen. And the symptom of that would be anger. And that's opposite arguing. of what we've been led to believe. Like, yes. oh, all that anger, too much testosterone, you don't know what to do with it. And that's actually the complete opposite it's of what you're saying. the complete opposite. Everything, when you get down to the truth, is the opposite of what we think. <laughs> Yeah. And, and people might say, well, how do you know that, John? I never heard that. Stanford professor wrote a whole book on testosterone where he proved it. And to me, it was a revelation. That was 20 years ago. Still, mm -hmm. people don't know. Mm -hmm. it's the only, he's the only source that I've seen where he actually did the studies and showed it. And we see now estrogen is the emotional hormone.
And when you fall in love, your estrogen levels are high. We know that. When you have an orgasm, biologically, your estrogen levels are high. When you're ovulating, your estrogen levels as a woman have to become 20 times higher than a man. But now we have women challenged to have orgasms. They, they can't let <clears throat> half the women in America have never had an orgasm, according to books I've read. And uh, of the half that haven't had, that have had, only half of those can have a man give them an orgasm. Only a quarter of women have ever let a man give her an orgasm. Now, so that has to do with the estrogen completely. levels. Completely. <clears throat> Everything. And then a woman might go, well, my estrogen's really low because I have menopause. I know a woman, she's 85, and she has a 68-year-old boyfriend, my friend. <laughs> he has or twice a she has orgasms twice a week. She looks beautiful. She's wow. an amazing lady. And, and that's not the only one I know. Another one as well in her 70s. These are women beyond menopause. Uh, usually they have a younger man because a lot of men today, over 50, their testosterone levels have dropped to half. Mm. And I'm so disappointed and frustrated because I even see Time Magazine and, and they all say this is normal. It's not normal. It's yeah. what's common today. It's like sickness now is normal, <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's not yeah. normal. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you made that distinction because there's a lot of that it, when it comes to hormones, diseases, all of that. We are told by experts and doctors, oh, you're normal. That's normal for your age or that's normal for you know, your lifestyle. It's all normal. And yet, so people come to think that oh, that's the way it should be and there are no other options. But to your point, it's not normal and it's not optimal. And there are changes and choices that we have and, and we can make in order to be, be expressing, you know, health-wise, emotionally, all the things we're talking about in a whole, at a whole other level, much higher. So, <clears throat> so Beyond Mars and Venus, that's what I'm addressing. Maybe the first book ever to address how our behaviors and relationship are the most powerful factors to stimulate hormones. Now, so we know for women, this was a great study I read, which is whenever women are dependent on someone for an answer, their estrogen levels go up. When a woman is, is taking a class and dependent upon a teacher, her estrogen levels go up. When women are doing old fashioned dancing, where a man is leading them and she's following, her estrogen levels go up. And this is so wonderful because you'll see this in, in these uh, uh, dance studios where you get these women in their 60s and 70s and their husbands know all the right steps. And the women are literally close to orgasm. As you just look at that, and they're just in heaven because they don't have to think. You see, they're in this mindless state, which is very similar to what the French call a woman's orgasm, which is the little death, mm. mindlessness. Mm. Wouldn't it be great, women, to get out of your mind? <laughs> that's called <laughs> get into your body. And, and, yeah. and <clears throat> that's all about estrogen. Okay. But not just estrogen. For if you're cycling, it's about estrogen dominating on the way to ovulation. Then after ovulation, your estrogen levels need to come down a bit and progesterone needs to go up. Well, what produces progesterone? Not depending on someone. Now, depending on yourself to do what you enjoy doing, to do what you like doing. 
So this would be, you'd like to cook, you'd be with some friends and you're cooking together. You're playing a card game together. You're going for a walk in nature. You're taking a bath on bubbles, whatever, play, listening to music. You're doing what you like to do as opposed to doing something because you need something from someone uh, or because you have to do it. Whenever you feel you have to do something, and we do, we have to do stuff, all right? Life is about have tos, but we have to recognize that have tos all stimulate testosterone. And have tos, the production of testosterone, robs progesterone. These are biological realities. Testosterone takes your progesterone and turns it into testosterone. Hmm. <laughs> you, you literally run low on progesterone when you're on your testosterone side. Okay. When you're on your testosterone side, you're feeling independent. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it's not so easy to make estrogen, which is the part of you that is dependent. Mm -hmm. So when you're needing help, you produce estrogen. And when you're doing something you have to do on your own, it's up to me, your testosterone goes up. Now, the okay. good news is that if you're in your have-to mode, and you anticipate when you're done with work, being able to shift gears into your, I can depend on someone mode, home, personal life, friends, gardening, classes, yoga, exercise class, where you have a leader, someone who's gonna help you. So you're not feeling, I have to do it all myself. If you anticipate, I'm leaving this job, I, it's up to me, that's a big pressure. That pressure raises cortisol for women that pressure stimulates dopamine for men. Dopamine feels good, we need that pressure. And then if we feel a little challenged and mean things aren't working the way we exactly want, we'll produce some adrenaline. But all we have to do is work to solve a problem, particularly physically figure out how to solve that problem. <clears throat> the adrenaline will be used up. You've gotta use adrenaline up quickly. Part of the problem for our kids today, boys, they're sitting in classrooms feeling stressed. That's adrenaline buildup. What will burn off that adrenaline if they don't have confidence to solve the problems they're put in front of, and that's why they're feeling stressed, is they don't mm. yet have those skills. The only way to burn off that adrenaline is to physically use your muscles. This is biological. So if I'm starting to get to adrenaline, if I run around, throw a ball, catch the ball, I use up my adrenaline. And now I'm back to dopamine feeling good again and attentive. Boys today need a huge amount of physical activity. And for girls, the way they burn off adrenaline is by talking about emotions. If you talk about your emotions, particularly if you're not trying to change someone, see this is a new form of communication, is talking about your emotions with somebody who understands that you're not trying to change. So women would come to me in counseling they always feel better afterwards because they're not trying to change me. <laughs> you see? Yeah. There's no resistance on my part because they're not trying to change. They're not using their emotions to affect someone outside them, but they're using their emotions to simply be aware and, and explore them, question them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is a whole new way of being. So what a woman could do to increase her estrogen like that is in a relationship to come home from work, for example, and say, honey, I had such an amazing day today and talk about good things, if that's what she's feeling, or talk about bad things, if that's what happened. Very, very important. 
most women don't talk about the bad things because if you say, oh, I was so frustrated, I can't believe he did this again and again and again, a man would say, honey, you know he's gonna do that, so don't make, it's what happens, except reality. Oh, there was so much mail on my desk when I went away. Everybody's got mail on their desk, honey. You know, <laughs> oh, there yeah. was so much traffic today, I couldn't believe it. Honey, there's traffic every day, you know, except reality. It's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. It's not a problem. Let's just have fun. That doesn't work. You see, yeah. that was a basic Mars Venus idea. Men, don't try to fix her. Listen to her. Understand where she's going through. She's looking for some empathy at that time. <clears throat> but that's where a woman can be empowered to go, I'm on my male side. How do I come back to my female side? You make a deliberate effort. Because you need effort. If you're over on your male side too much, you need effort to come back to your female side. You do. And I just want to make a point about that. I know I realized um, that that's, in hindsight, when our children were younger, up until about 8 to 14, my husband traveled a lot. So he was gone like two, three, four days every week. And so while he's gone, you know, I'm running the show. I'm, I'm doing everything for everyone all day, every day. And, and then I would notice that when he would come home, there was just this always uh, sort of like, okay, my rhythm is all like upside down now. And I would have to make literally a, a conscious effort to sort of shift gears in what it was probably, you know, now I understand after reading your book, that there was probably a lot of hormonal um, shifting going on there because then I would shift gears in order to go into kind of a different state of mind, a different role when he was home. And then when he'd leave again, shift again back into a different role. And so I imagine that that's, you know, I get that. I see how that was happening. Um, I have an understanding of it now in a different way after reading the book. Yeah, you can see, well, part of this whole book, Beyond Mars and Venus, is, is later on, after I observed these things, they go, oh my gosh, the hormones explain all of what I was saying then, why it feels so good to women. And then it, it, we have to look at our big challenges today is women coming back to their female side and men going back to their male side because what's happening for men is their testosterone levels are dropping at 50 half they start dropping at 35 for the common man who's in this world where women are so independent you see women men rise to the occasion when they're needed okay if i remember one woman who said i was teaching this years ago and she says that's why i had an orgasm everyone what happened what happened <laughs> she said i wanted to divorce my husband he was just so lazy sitting around, going to work, coming home. He was actually out of work and he's just watching TV and it didn't seem like he was doing anything to make money. And, and he was a roofer. And then a hurricane came and the roof blew off. He became Superman. He knew just what to do. He put us in a hotel. He's fixing the roof. Now he had his job back. He was my husband. The hurricane brought him back. <laughs> so, yeah. But it's like when we feel needed, we rise to the occasion. And how do we know we're needed? is first of all, we have to, somebody has to need us and they have to appreciate what we do. You see, I don't feel needed if I come in to save, solve the problem and somebody doesn't pay me. And what payment does a man need from his wife? Happiness. See, when you have a need, if you're hungry and I feed you, you're very, very happy. But if you're not hungry and I feed you, so what, I can feed myself. And that's right. the dilemma of modern relationships. So here we have this really good thing happening with this authenticity, 
but authenticity freed me as a teenager to go from my to off my male side to demonstrating for peace. I didn't want to go to Vietnam, although my brothers went, you know, it's like mm -hmm. a man thing to do. Mm -hmm. Now I wanted peace. Now I wanted to learn meditation. <laughs> all this, all this sort of feminine side of me came out and it felt great. But then I got too far over there and I became depressed and, and life had no meaning. I felt addicted. I needed to learn how to come back to my male side and have my female side. But, and, it w but at that time, was that consciously how you were, you know, uh, understanding what was going on? Or no, did you no, just no. feel I like, I'm super uncomfortable right now. Something's missing. I need to change. That's right. And, and no, it wasn't uncomfortable being masculine to jump over to my female side. It just felt really good. And if you're a woman and you've been on your female side and your whole brain has been conditioned just to be on your female side, and suddenly you had the freedom to go to your male side. That was the 60s for women. Feminism, we're all gonna take over the world. We need men <laughs> and we're gonna get all the CEO jobs. And yeah. so they went over to their male side. Men went over to their female side. And when you're making that change, mm -hmm. you're shifting gears, it feels really good. It feels mm -hmm. so good, it becomes addictive. Yeah, it's empowering. It's, it's, well, addiction. I mean, basically you get addicted as women to be on your male side, you call it empowering. And men get addicted to sitting there watching football games, uh, drinking their alcohol, having their Sunday afternoon. Just chilling. Just chilling, you know. We get addicted to chilling. And we also, today, we also can get addicked to online porn. You know, why bother finding a woman? I can just go online. Mm -hmm. Men are just becoming so passive. Hormonally, it's the high estrogen. And for men, high estrogen is doing what you love to do. So literally, if a man wants to build up his testosterone, he has to do what he doesn't love to do. He has to mm. do what men have done always. You see, we didn't complain about it because it, it produced testosterone, which ultimately feels good. Okay. But we did things that we didn't want to do. I mean, who wants to go into the jungle and get bitten by a snake? Who wants right. to go into the Vietnam and get shot up? You know, who wants yeah. to do that? But we say, hey, if it's going to protect the world, if it's going to protect our wife, it's going to protect our children, I'm the man for the job. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to do it, but if it's going to help you and you need it, then I want to do it. So it's okay. a different kind of desire. It's a desire based upon the outcome as opposed to, do I really want to do this? No. Who wants to work on a construction site? Who wants to... <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Who wants to dig ditches? Who wants to do a jackhammer? But okay. if it's going to make money for my family, then I'm the man for you. So they've and got to be willing to rise to that challenge, though. They've got to be willing to get off their asses, off the couch, rise to the challenge, go out into the jungle or whatever, you know, hunt, bring home some food, take care of the family. And that reward is going to raise their testosterone. Is that and, and, fair? And they have to know that they're needed. See, what, see women don't need men <laughs> today. That's the problem, is that men don't feel needed. You know, when I was a little guy, a little teenager, I remember feeling, oh my God, I'm gonna have to have a job one day and work to support a family. I'm gonna have to make double the money to support a family. That was like a huge pressure. But mm -hmm. because I had education, I had confidence that I could face that pressure. So it was dopamine stimulating. It wasn't adrenaline producing. It wasn't a cortisol level. Because I had, and I'll say in the context of today, I'm white privilege. You know, my family all went to Stanford. I lived in a nice neighborhood. I had family support. Mm -hmm. So that was all there. So easier for me to stay in my 
dopamine testosterone level. Imagine, you know, I'm feeling the pressure to support a family and I don't feel I can get a college degree. I don't feel I'm getting education. I don't have a father to show me how to do it. You know, I wrote this book behind me called Boy Crisis. Uh, boy cri the boys are going through a major crisis today. Half of the boys in America grow up without a father figure. Yeah. You have to have a father figure as a male to develop your testosterone levels, unless your mother's very clever in how she raises you. And there's, you know, I give all the solutions there, but we're looking at those who don't. When we look at, you know, all these shootings, what's unique about all the shootings is they're boys who didn't have fathers and they're also on antidepressants. So those yes. are realities. We, we become depressed, eight times more suicide in boys than girls. Girls, by the way, talk about suicide more than boys, because if they talk about it, right. then their stress levels go down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boys actually do something about it. So it's interesting, though, you say that about, um, about the boys. And even, um, even men that are beyond boyhood, that are you know in their 20s and 30s, I have worked with so many women clients, and their biggest complaint is, and the issue is, they are living with a man-child. It's like the, 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 the husband or the boyfriend just never learned how to get out of his childhood and and be a a partner and he, i guess maybe he's lacking some testosterone i don't know but that seems to be an issue that's not even just with our younger boys that's with young men um you know even into their 30s and 40s and i don't know if that's because of the way they were raised or just the ch you know changes in society or if maybe because the the wife is treating them like a child i you know, what do you think about that? All of the above, but give some practical examples of man-child. Uh, so um, having, um, having an issue, even having any kind of a adult conversation. Um, Meaning what? What does he say? What does he do? I just want to bring this down yeah, to the level yeah. of not generalization, but actually yeah. example. Okay. Probably a more specific example that, I, that I've heard more than once is he won't go to work, won't get a job or, and won't keep a job. She's working, she's bringing home the bacon and, do, you know, and taking care of the kids. And he's comfortable enough with that, allowing that to happen. I've heard that a number of times. That's probably the most at the drop of a hat. Okay, so that's definitely one. So let's go back in time a little bit. And that's called a playboy. Men today, when you say man-child, actually what you're saying is a man who wants to play. He wants to have fun. He's dependent on things outside of himself to make him happy. He's dependent on you to pay the bills. He has now cut your testosterone level in half. That's what it's about. And it's a culture that encourages women to be independent, but the outcome of that is he's not needed, and therefore men will always fall into their female side, always will go to their female side. Let's look at an example of this old-fashioned example called Playboy. A Playboy can't stay committed to a woman. A Playboy wants to take drugs. A Playboy throws tantrums. Mm -hmm. A Playboy is, in most cases, the son of a wealthy man he never had to earn it. Mm. See, when men don't earn it, their self-esteem goes down, their testosterone goes down, and now 
they go right over to their estrogen side. That's the reality. Because we have this freedom to be our authentic self, I'm both masculine and feminine, but if my masculine side isn't needed, mm. I'm out of work or I don't have to work. Those are the two things. I'm out of work or I don't have to work and somebody will do it for me. Daddy will pay the bills. My wife will pay the bills. My wife will do the job. She doesn't need me. Well, then all I can do is I've got magnets on my butt and I can't get off the couch. And suddenly I become addicted. And I become addicted to depending on substances or situations in order to be happy. Okay. Now, just as men get addicted to their female side, this is what happens. Women become addicted to their male side. Mm-hmm. I have to do it myself. So you can see if you're depending on someone that's your female side and they're not there for you, what do you automatically go to? Yeah, you eat. go to your male side. You then I'll have to do it myself. I have to do it myself, and you can't get out of that mode. And your mind will say, "Well, I can't get out of that mode because I can't depend on him." Instead of recognizing, I have the power to bring out the best in him. I need to go over to my female side and depend on him and depend on other things that make me happy. I need positive addictions. Positive addictions. Because otherwise, I'm stuck over here on my negative addiction to my male side. Mm -hmm. I have to practice what my daughter Lauren in her class is how to get more me time. Me time is how to do things that I enjoy doing, how to ask for help that will give me more of what I want, not taking care of others. So let's look at, and it all comes back to how to come back to your female side for women and for men, how to get over to your male side. Okay. And if a woman has a husband on her male side, she has the power. It's easier for her to bring him out than for him to bring out her female side. Really? It's very easy for easier if she has the right skills. Okay. So when a guy's in his little boy, he's on his estrogen side, and that could be he's angry, he's irritable, he's passive, he's depressed, he's argumentative, he's resistant. All those are symptoms of low testosterone. And the more emotion that goes along with it, like anger or fear and defensiveness and so forth, that's high estrogen. So what she has to do, if she wants to bring out the best in him, is become more feminine. She needs to have more estrogen. She needs to throw more tantrums in a way that doesn't knock down his testosterone. Ah. She needs to become more vulnerable in a way that doesn't make him wrong. But when she's on her male side, she's constantly making him wrong. He's just a, I mean, one of the most insulting thing is that he's a, a man baby or whatever you called him. Man child. Man child. Yeah. And yes, she's mothering him all the time. She's telling him what he should do. Her mind is busy. He should do this. He should do not do that. That's not loving. Right. Maybe you think that's loving a child. It's not how you love a man. Right. The way you love a man is to give him a chance to help you. And you'll go, well, what help do I need? I can do everything better than him. That's because you're way on your male side. <laughs> your male side is competence, but your female side is dependence. I need help. So what is the biggest help women need today? If we put it in hormonal terms, estrogen. What increases estrogen? More than anything, emotion and then orgasm. But you can't get to orgasm until you first process out negative emotion. Emotion brings you back to your female side. So let's do basic psychology 101. Freud, 
Not that I agree with everything Freud said, but what he brought everybody's awareness to is the idea of displacement. If 10 things are upsetting me today, and each one is like a little upset, maybe you call it a 10 degree upset, a 20 degree upset, every time you, a negative thing happens, it accumulates inside if you suppress. If you suppress it, then when you got into another zone where you're safe, the safe zone, the man who loves you, your home, as soon as you get into a safe zone, you displace all of those emotions onto one little thing. So instead of, I had a great day today and my husband drank all the orange juice. Ah, so what? We'll just get more tomorrow. It becomes, I can't believe it. He always drinks the orange juice. He doesn't think about me at all. I give so much to him. I even bought that orange juice. He doesn't even think about me. What, what I give and I give and I give, I don't give back. That's called being on your male side with suppressing your female side all day long. Because remember, under moderate stress as a woman, you may not even be aware of it. You're producing all these emotions inside. They're there. I mean, the whole point of therapy is to recognize that there's a lot of emotions that we store in our body that we're not aware of. Yeah. And if you're on your male side, you're not aware of all those emotions. And then they just pop up. But when they pop up, they don't say, gee, I'm upset about the 10 things that happened today. No, I'm a man. I just minimize them. See, that's what we do as men. Nothing I can do about it, so forget it. Well, that's the way life is. Well, I can't express anything, so let it go. We're good at that. We can forget it. You can't. You see, we can do this. This is where psychology goes wrong. It thinks men have to share all their emotions. That just makes men feminized. And then women, they want to ask men what their emotions are or say he's upset and you become this good therapist and try to ask him questions. You're feminizing him. What you need to do is become more feminine. Don't ask him questions. Get him to listen to you. He should ask you questions. And all you have to do with a man is just become feminine and just say, oh, I've had a stressful day. I just want to talk about it. And if you just listen, it will help me get in touch with these crazy and negative emotions I've got and I can let them go. You don't have to fix anything or say anything. Just give me a hug afterwards and I'll feel so good. That's called being feminine. I need your help, honey. I'm all stressed. As opposed to, well, I'm stressed because you're sitting on that couch. Instead, you're my savior. You're my hero. You're the man I can come home to and I can be naked with you. I can't be naked in the workplace emotionally naked, mm -hmm. but I can be naked with you. And you'll actually bring out the best of him. He'll start to feel empathy and compassion and motivation. And if you don't understand the skills, he'll start wanting to tell you how you should think. Well, don't worry about that, etc. That's where you say, oh, no, no, I'm not worried about, I just need to express it and then I'll feel good. And you don't actually have to do anything. Just look at me and, and listen. Mm -hmm. Just look in my direction. That's all. And then give me a big hug afterwards. I don't need a solution. That will negate the benefit of this because right. I'm not trying to get help to solve the problem. I'm getting, I need help to share what's inside and reveal myself. Yeah. It's a way of connecting. All, we're connecting. That's right. Which is common sense to you, not to him. What's the point? He'll think, why talk about emotions? Emotions, if a man is somewhat on his male side, there's no point at all of talking about emotions. If it's negative, forget it. Why be negative? Let's just be right. positive. Let's forget yeah. the problems and have a good time. I remember right. as a young man, my wife was all upset about things. I said, honey, just forget it. Let's just go ahead and get naked and have sex. That always <laughs> makes us feel good. 
And of course, you can see the absurdity of that. Right. As a man, I didn't until I learned about women. Okay. You can't just forget it. And you don't need somebody telling you how you should feel just as I don't need somebody keeping score and looking at me for what have I done for you lately? You see, Mm -hmm. who wants that? Who wants to be graded all the time? But women, you're grading your husband all the time. You need to come back to your female side, which has got this wonderful love that doesn't get upset about little things. Mm-hmm. But if you're, if you're suppressing your feminine side, you will become upset about little things. And not only that, you will become addicted to being upset about little things. Your brain will have a bias towards looking at what's missing rather than what is available. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. This is a, yeah. They put people on MRI scans and they see that when somebody is excessively worrying or dissatisfied, the part of the brain that takes cocaine, that lights up with cocaine, is turned on. So literally, addiction to worrying, addiction to overacting, addiction to doing it all myself is a big vulnerability that women have. Hmm. Addiction to passivity, to emotionality, to indulgence and in porn and alcohol and drugs and arguing and anger, all of those are addictions for men. And you have to like, willfully, you have to know what direction do I need to go in? For example, when I learned about anger and estrogen, I went, wow, if ever I get angry, I need to stop talking. See, if you're angry and you talk, your estrogen goes higher. So that's why we we have something called talk therapy is primarily 90% of the people who get talk therapy are women. (laughs) Why? Because if a woman can talk about what she feels and nobody tries to change her, she will have estrogen go up. But the Mm -hmm. secret behind it that other people don't talk about, and I watch this, if women talk about their feelings to me in counseling, they feel better because they're not trying to change me. If they share their feelings with their husbands, it doesn't work if it's negative emotions, unless you say to him, I'm not trying to change you. Yeah. I just want you to understand, as you said, I want to feel that connection. Right. And, and then you can define things for a man. Men are very logical if you just gently explain what you need. Yes. Not like you should know kind of a thing. I just realized I'm a woman. And while I know I need to feel intimacy, I'm realizing intimacy produces estrogen. And intimacy is you seeing into me, not me seeing into you. So if you need to talk about your feelings, talk to your guys. I don't really need to hear them. Mm. Now, that might be too extreme for some situations, but that's the right. concept. Yeah. Because when guys weigh on his female side, he'll get mad at you. He's so touchy. It's like walking <clears throat> on eggshells with yeah. him. Yeah. Because he's like an unhappy woman. Right. Yes. I've <clears> learned skin. I've I've learned that over the years um, that, um, you know, I can just feel the energy. And so I will, if I can tell there's something, you know, disturbing on my husband's mind, I will, I'll, I'll invite, I'll, I'll just throw out an invitation sometimes. Is there anything you want to talk about? Nope. Okay. I'm going to go for a ride in the truck with the dog. Great. Come back whenever you want. <laughs> See you later. Bye. It's awesome. We all have our space. He goes, he works out what he wants to work out. And then occasionally, maybe, you know, later that day or maybe the next day or maybe two days later, 
sit down, have a glass of wine, and he might be like in the mood to just share a few things. And then I have to make sure that I'm just like, all right, cool. You know, I just listen and and that and that's it. But I've learned, um, and and it's a constant practice, John, to not put my coaching hat on with my husband. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like, don't don't coach me. I'm like, no, okay. Thank you for the reminder. Not going there. So it's uh, but it is. It's something that you really have to. I think you know have the desire to really want to learn what makes your partner tick, you know, the skills. Um, you just have to want to learn about it and learn about the differences you have and how you are affecting each other so that you can really keep evolving a more and more loving and harmonious relationship. And that that takes a really strong desire to be willing to be, you know, to change your mind about things, to change yourself maybe and, and your approaches. And But it's so worth it. It's so worth it. You can have an amazing relationship. And I think, you know, for people to spend a little bit of time even, if you can't read, you know, listen um, to an audiobook, watch YouTube, but there's so many valuable things that you and others are sharing that I wish people would pay more attention to because there are so many relationships that shouldn't have to be broken if they just learned a little bit, you know, it's so valuable. But one of the things that I wanted to also ask you about, which I, I think is really interesting is um, you said, I've got it here. It's a quote. Um, you said beyond Mars and Venus is for women who've shamed themselves for being women. And I found that so interesting because it's so true. Why are there so many women shaming their feminine side? And, and how is that actually quite disempowering? And I guess you've probably answered a lot of it, but putting in the context of that, I think is really interesting because I see a lot of that too. It's like, it's almost, they, they want to be so much like men and, and kind of undervalue or devalue their feminine side. Well, I think you said it beautifully and I'll just add to what you just said, maybe even give an example, but it's, uh, it's so hard for women to fight their way over to that male side. See, authentic self is for women to be both on their feminine side and their male side. And women have not been allowed to be on their male side. So it's a battle. Okay. So to get over to that male side, we have to fight a battle. So, you know, it's suddenly if you're on your female side, you're, you're betraying all the hard work we're doing. Let me give an example of that, which is my neighbor says she's a doctor, her husband's a doctor, and they both went through medical school. Then she got pregnant and she stopped practicing. Her girlfriends all felt she betrayed them. What? You mean you're going to go over and be happy with your children? She wanted to raise her children, you know, and their yeah. children grew up and now she's back to being a doctor. And her friends dis disowned her, but it's kind of like you're not fighting the, the royal fight. You know, you chickened out and decided to be happy and let some man in your life control you. And why would she feel let some man in your life control you? As a lot of women did not have role models of really good fathers. Yeah. You know, that's just a reality. You know, we just don't have great role models. And why do many men not want to make a commitment? Because they didn't have good role models of a mother. You know, commitment has been so easy for me. Uh, because I saw my, my whole childhood, my mother, parents stayed together. My mother was happy all the time. <laughs> she had seven children, six boys. My, this is traditional relationship when a man has education and he has opportunities to be successful. 
So my dad basically had a good job so that we lived in a nice house in a nice neighborhood, walking distance to a swimming pool country club. <laughs> and my mother could say, go and play. And if the boys started acting up and fighting or whatever, she said, you better stop or I'll tell your father. So he just had to have the belt, you know, in Texas, you'd whip your boys. So we went, okay, stop. That is, yeah. so my father would, would, would do the belt if that was one technique he did. Another is he rarely, he never got angry at my mother. There was nothing to get angry about because she never complained to him. She was a really happy woman. Her dream, she was way on her female side, but balance because to run a household, as you've said, that's on your male side, but it's a very feminine thing. It's the feminine hormones get produced when you feel safe. You see, that's something we, it's another hormone. It's called oxytocin. Mm. Oxytocin allows your estrogen levels to go up and your testosterone to come down. So whenever a woman is safe, like being a mother with children, children think you're just a God, you know, they don't think you're overweight. They don't think what's wrong with you. They right. think everything you do is right. So they don't have any other reference point. So they, they just give you all that love. So it's safe. So you can be on your female side and on your male side to a great extent. But suddenly you're at corporation level, work level, you're not safe. You can't just express how you feel or whatever, and, and you're not being adored by your children all the time. So that safety isn't there. So that's where the whole romantic skills, you know, I talk about all these nuances of romantic skills that are old fashioned, multiply them times two or three are very important because they're all designed to help a woman feel ready to have an orgasm basically that's what romance is to double her estrogen and it's all done to create safety and oxytocin so that means lots of affection lots of touch lots of compliments and you know if you're a tough woman like i know that why you, I, you know i'd rather you get a job than tell me how beautiful i am you know so what if you see i got my hair cut <laughs> it's just like you know these are once a woman's estrogen levels get to a certain point then those little things make a big difference. But as I said before, if the estrogen's low, she could care less. I remember doing a show with Oprah. You know, I must have done 18 shows with Oprah and taught her whole company and everything. But in the beginning, she was just learning about this stuff. Yeah. And I said to Oprah, I said, you know, for a woman, 50 roses are one rose. It doesn't matter. One rose, it's just, it makes you feel really good. And Oprah goes, who cares about roses? Anybody in this room care about roses? And all the women raise their hands. <laughs> oh, interesting. But Oprah went, okay, I'm backing off of that one. But see, she's way, at that time, I don't know where she is now, but she's way on her male side. You know, she's a workaholic, you know, right. doesn't have children, you know, she's got her dogs and that's really helpful. You're with your dog, you feel safe and you're doing what you like to do. So she found her way to get back to herself but it's not the traditional way because she mm -hmm. works so much. Imagine everybody trying to get something from you, having to put up that boundary, put up that boundary to say, no, no, no. That's, right. that's all masculine side. So how do you find your female side? So this is a dance that women have to do today and feel they can depend on a man, not for money. If they're able to make more money than him, they depend on him for a kind of emotional support that will bring her back to her female side. But if he is on his female side, it pushes her more to her male side. So just her doing, and let me explain. Here's a really fun thing to look at, the difference between men and women. If I go out, I did, I'm, I'm like more traditional male in my marriage, although very authentic about both sides. 
But I remember times I'd be, you know, so famous in the 90s, you know, I'd stay in the best hotels, I'd meet celebrities, I had a Broadway show, you know, I had the whole fast life, okay? So there I would go and all these great things were happening, I loved it. I'd come home and, you know, being away three or four days, as you mentioned, your husband travels. There were some weeks, there was an accumulation of problems. <laughs> she wasn't that happy, you know, having to ship back to, I have to do this all myself and the plumbing broke and you were supposed to do this and that person didn't come and then this happened and we lost the babysitter and the kid got sick. It's the buildup of stress, all those little things building up and I come home, she needs to share that to find her happiness again. But I didn't know that. She didn't know that. So I came home. I said, oh, honey. She says, how was your trip? Oh, fantastic. I met so-and-so. And I stayed at the Four Seasons. I had standing ovation. 2,000 people. <laughs> and I could watch as I was so happy with myself that a big black cloud came into the room, <laughs> covering up her happiness completely. It was kind of like, oh, you have all the good stuff. You know what I went through. And suddenly, yeah. oh, she has to share all this stuff. And that's different from a man in that if I come home and this is that many times where I'm all, everything got went wrong at plane reservations, the group didn't turn out, didn't get paid, whatever it is. Oh, I'm exhausted. And she says, Oh, I went shopping and I got all these new outfits and I did this and the kids did this. And she's talking about how happy she is. Boom. Her happiness pulls me out of my dark cloud. That's the difference. Women want their husbands to be happy when women are happy. <laughs> But it's like, don't you dare be happier than me if I'm not happy. So it's understanding a dynamic there. Yeah. And he, he can be happy through her. He finds his heart open through her. And if a woman's heart is not open, his will not open. He will be a needy person. He'll be more on his female side, which means passive, irritable, grumpy, sad, all these emotions, but not not positive. He can't right. be positive when his estrogen's really high and his testosterone's low. He can be super positive, super positive when his estrogen goes high if his testosterone is high. And that's romantic. That's romantic gestures do that. Yeah. He's providing something special from you out of the ordinary. It doesn't have to be super expensive. It's just now I'm devoting this, this date is for you, not right. for me. You know, sometimes a guy will say to his wife, well, what do you want to do? And she says, oh, what do you want to do? That's not romantic. Romantic is it's for her. This is where she gets to feel like a queen. She gets to feel special. He opens the door for her, not because she can't open the door for herself. Right. And as I said to my wife, I said, honey, I'm opening this door for you. I know you can do it yourself. You're so capable. But you give to so many people and to me so much. Tonight, let me give to you. And that's when a man is giving, whenever a man or a woman is giving, you're on your male side. When you're receiving, feeling appreciation, feeling acceptance, feeling trust, depending, that's on your female side. And we have it backwards. Women think, oh, I'm giving so much. That's very feminine. No, receiving is feminine. And how do you be a good receiver as a person who's a trusting, accepting, mm -hmm. and appreciative. Yeah. And being up on your male side is being caring, generous, giving, understanding, and respecting, mm -hmm. being respectful. That's, yeah, that's that's so perfect, and it's so interesting your example about the door opening because we, uh, you know, I grew up in Minnesota, and it wasn't until we moved 
uh, after um, we had been married for some time, we moved to the South and we lived in Atlanta, where I discovered a whole, a, a whole plethora of chivalrous moves that were before then unbeknownst to me. So all of a sudden I'm like, you know, there's people, there's like guys that live here that I'm now meeting that are rushing ahead of me to open the door and pull out my chair. And I was like, you know, I, I've discovered something that I'm liking here. And yes, I'm perfectly capable of opening doors myself to your point. And, um, but I went, you know, I'm kind of digging this. So, so then began the training, John. <laughs> And yes. now, and now what's super cool is when we go out somewhere, um, I always walk faster. So I always get to the door first and sometimes I'm just not thinking about it and I'll go to reach for it. And to his credit, he'll be like, just wait, just wait, let me, let me catch up <laughs> and I'll get it. And I'm like, okay. So I, I put my hands in my pocket and I wait and it's just kind of this fun process that we go through. But, uh, but yeah, I think that, I think that's a big mistake that so many um, women make is kind of poo-pooing these chivalrous moments that men can have and, and robbing them of that. And it's not because they think that, you know, you're weak or you can't do those things. It's just that they're thinking of you, then they're thinking of your needs and they're just trying to do something out of thoughtfulness and respect. And it's a wonderful dance that we can play. And it's a shame to, um, yeah, minimize that, I think. Yeah, there's even such a place, you know, one of the things that's more radical in my teaching is I talk about women's primary need, primary, to produce estrogen is someone who respects her, does things for her, honors her, offers to help. That's called respecting. Yielding my point of view to yours, that's respecting. And yet all the gender teachers say, oh, you, what men need is to be respected. No, we all need respect. Yeah. But primarily what men need is to feel appreciated for the things they do. And when it comes to romantic date, isn't it wonderful? I can do little things and you'll appreciate it. It feels really good. You're so busy doing things yourself all the time. It doesn't take a lot to help you come back to that female side. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about here is that, that just a little extra here and a little extra here. He's thinking of you. He's caring for you. You're the center of his attention. And what anchors him into that is the little things. It's not just for her. It hooks him into you as opposed to he's, he's thinking of these big problems he has to solve and he's distracted and he's on his phone. He needs a little something to draw him in. And what draws men in is emotion. If positive emotion gives him the message, he is a success, raises his testosterone, and then he becomes high te higher testosterone than estrogen. And that's a very loving man and a very masculine man at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we don't need estrogen as men is when I have done something, my testosterone goes up. When she receives that and appreciates me, she feels love, my estrogen comes up at that point, and I feel more love. So men bond by doing things for women. These playboys, they have everybody doing things for them. You see, when you're rich, people do things for you. Your mm -hmm. estrogen goes higher, and you don't have to do it. Right. So if your wife doesn't need you, and today women really don't, know that they need men right because for the traditional things that men used to provide which was money and safety now you need an emotional safety and an emotional currency 
that he can provide what you need, but you have to identify to him what it is. And it takes a while for him to learn. But right then, if you just say to a guy, oh, I just, I just so happy to see you, but I had such a stressful day. I just want to talk about it. Almost like using him as a therapist mm -hmm. uh, and to start using him to have his attention by your reflecting on feelings that have built up. Because if you don't do that, your adrenaline turns into cortisol. When your cortisol levels go up, your mind gets addicted to worry and mm. things that are wrong and judgmentalness and criticism. And you want to free yourself of that. And this is one technique that's very useful. Right, right. I think one of the um, things that we got into the habit of doing uh, a few years ago was simply asking each other, is there anything I can do for you? Can I help you with anything? So when I start dinner, for example, I'm usually the, I'm the salad queen. So I start the, I start getting stuff ready at a certain time and he'll ask, is there anything I can do to help you? And that's all that, that right there is magic because usually I'm like, no, not really. If there is something great, but there's usually not. It's just the fact that he had the thoughtfulness to ask. It goes such a long way and vice versa. I'll do the same thing. You know, well, is there anything let, I can let do? me point out that it goes a longer way for women than it does for men. It's nice. Can I help you? We'll say no, but it, it's not such, <laughs> it's actually a bigger thing for us when we say, can I help you? And you smile. No, it's okay. That's the big thing for us. Yeah. Just to share as we're you know, coming to an end, we're kind yes. of, uh, while people are, a lot of problems in marriages today right now, because in isolation, when they're stuck in the house together, uh, they're missing the normal kinds of support. A woman, for example, is missing the normal estrogen support she would get. It's not dependent on her partner. A romantic relationship only fulfills one need. A partnership fulfills one need. We have to have, we have, to have the freedom to do what we like. Okay, that's a, that's a need. We have to have work. That's a need. We have to have growth or education. That's a need. We have to have some kind of spiritual connection. That's a need. That, or at least have mentors in our life that can provide more for us, leadership for us to be a better person. We need to do something have some selfless activities that we're doing outside of our relationship. So think of this analogy of vitamins. These are all like love vitamins I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. And we're used to having a, a whole day of different activities that are love vitamins. And our partner is only one love vitamin. So vitamin A, B, C, D, E, F are the essential vitamins. And let's say you have all your vitamins except vitamin D. Vitamin D is the sunshine. We'll call that the romantic relationship. If you have all your vitamins, your stress levels are low, except this one thing is missing, the sun, and you go outside and the sun comes out, you go, oh my God, this is fantastic. I feel so good. And you will. If you've got all your vitamins, sunshine will make you feel good. It's biological. But if you're missing all your other vitamins and you get sunshine, it does nothing. And that's what's happening to people when they're in their homes now. They're not out in their lives creating safety, making a difference, having meaning. It's not dependent on their partner. And so what that will do is cause us to become stressed because we're not getting what we need to stimulate all of our hormones and everything. We've been talking about it. And so our partner loses their ability to make us happier. I always say, don't look to your partner ever to make you happy. They can make you happier. That's called being a grown up. I can make myself happy. I've got a life 
Yeah. I, you know, in a gentle way, I say, you know, if you're not and I'm happy in your marriage, stop looking to your partner and get a life. Yes. Well, right now it's hard for people to get a life. Okay. And even all the masks, you're not seeing smiles all the time. But just yeah. it's a, a really, really subtle danger place. We're in a fight or flight state or adrenaline state. At those times, our partner can't make us happier. So then they're not make, she not, I'm not making her, she's not making me. So now we're feeling dissatisfied. We're in a stress mode and that brings up our deepest issues. So you might feel like you get in an argument and a fight, which causes your hormones to go way out of balance. As soon as men get angry, women go to their male side. You can't be in your estrogen side if you're not safe. So when a man gets angry, she's already going to get into her defensiveness. He'll go into his defensiveness. Mm -hmm. Then it escalates. Yeah. And they'll say things like, I don't know if I ever loved you. Why should we, we should just get a divorce if I can't make you happy. Why can't I do so much for you and you never give me what I need. I think we should just end this relationship. I don't even know if I ever loved you kind of a thing. And you I don't do amnesia. this. Yeah. So what happens is we escalate and say things. And then afterwards we think, I saw your true colors. You never really did love me. And we might even believe it if we're the person who feels like I don't love you. That's not the real person. And we shouldn't hold them to that. We need to let it go. It's like we're in a wheelchair if we're confined. You don't say to your partner, if you love me, you should walk. We really need to be very forgiving and accepting and realize don't trust your feelings right now. They're not real. They're real feelings. But, but I can feel you don't love me. That doesn't mean it's accurate that you don't love me. It just means that I feel you don't love me. Mm -hmm. These are the feelings we need to just realize, okay, I'm in fight or flight. I need to come back into my balance, not depend on my partner to come into balance. Then right. my partner can bring me to a higher level. Yeah, good advice, especially as you point out right now where we've got a lot of bizarre conditions being imposed upon us. Um, it's a bit scary. Um, you know what, John? I know that we have run over time and um, there's a couple other things I would love for you to come back if you'd be interested and talk about. I really want to talk about your book about the boys. I think that is really, really intriguing and much needed. And, um, and I'd love to have you come back and share a going rogue story with me because uh, that's always fun and I don't want to keep you any longer. So would you be willing to come back again and spend some time with us? Yes, we can talk about the book Boy Crisis, which that's I want to acknowledge I wrote with my friend Warren Farrell. Okay. He's also uh, a big part of the book and okay. I'll be happy to share that uh, book with you and Wonderful. also talk about going rogue. <laughs> you know, in, in short, I write all my books based upon I went rogue and blew it and had to self-correct. Mm. Self-correction is the way we grow. We are already programmed. We have no free will until we get out of fight or flight and we educate ourselves to recognize there's another way if what I'm doing doesn't work. Yeah. For example, complaining that women will do doesn't work. Men getting angry, arguing, it doesn't work. But it's the only thing people know because nobody's shown them another way. Right. And when you have another way, you can then begin practicing the other way until maybe six months later, that grows the neural connectors in your brain, neuroplasticity, and that becomes your automatic reaction. Mm -hmm. An example, we talked about that at the very beginning is about the yeah. neuroplasticity. You know, for me, there was this thing, I'll give you a little example of it. I used to, I'm a very peace loving guy, right? And, and relationship and love. But I like to drive fast and I'm in the fast lane and somebody be going slower in the fast lane. When I was younger, even though I thought I was so enlightened, 
this automatic reaction would come up. I hate you. <laughs> yeah. I hate you. And then I would pass the person and look back at them. And every time I look back at them, it was like a reaction, like you're bad. Right. And I'd see them and instantly I'd realize, oh, now I understand why they're driving slow. It'd be like a young, young girl learning to drive, an old person driving right. slow. Somebody's got a new car. They're nervous. There's yeah. always a reason right. why people are the way they are. And that's called understanding. Understanding precedes acceptance and love and appreciation. But I made it my intention. Every time I felt I hate you, I would come back into a new way of looking at it, which is I, instead of I hate you, I feel angry because I want to go faster. I still can go faster. I need to be patient. So what I need now is to be patient and take a look to understand because there's always a good reason. And now I can have people in front of me and my brain just goes into, I know there's a good reason. So there's no reason to be upset. Right. That took years to get to. Yeah. And, and you know, for some people, they never get to it. You know, this is like 30 years ago. They still have road rage. <laughs> and yeah. ironically, if you measure the hormones of a man with road rage, high estrogen, low testosterone. It's oh, always interesting. The case. Yeah, I've had that same experience. Um, and, and for me, it, it, when uh, I like to drive fast too. So when somebody is in front of me, whereas before was like, you're, you're flowing my role, you're, you're interrupting my entire you know, pace here. But then as I matured um, and started thinking about things like you suggested, I thought about it like that, but then I also thought, well, maybe this is just the universe's way of slowing me down for a reason that I don't see yet. And it's just keeping me safe. For some reason, I'm just supposed to be here. So why don't I just relax a little bit and just trust the process? And that mindset, helps a lot. A mindset is everything. What a beautiful yeah. mindset. Trust the process. Trusting yeah. is estrogen producing. Okay. Trusting is estrogen producing. Oh, so, so beautiful. So who knew? I was like just on an estrogen producing mission and I didn't even know it, John. <laughs> and for me, understanding is producing testosterone. When I understand a situation, that's why when men are good at listening to women, their testosterone goes up as she reveals herself more and more, her estrogen okay. goes up. Tip of the day. I'm going to tell this to my husband. If you listen to me, your testosterone is going to go through the roof, honey. I just got told by the world's best relationship expert. So thank you for that tip, John. <laughs> All right. Before I let you go, um, is your website the best place for people to find out more about you and all your books and services? Yeah, it's marsvenus.com. Okay. And what I wanted to let people know is right there on the front page is our best course and it's free. It's called how to get everything you want in your relationships. There, it, you take a little quiz. If you're a single man, you get a course. If you're a single woman, you get a different course. If you're a married woman or in a relationship as a woman, you'll get another course. And if you're a man married, you'll get another okay. course. Oh, and it's a four-day course. It's correspondence and videos. Mm -hmm. And it's fantastic. All we get is positive reviews. People say, it's like a shortened version of Men Are From Mars combined it with beyond mars and venus all together in a very concise way i did it with my daughter lauren adult daughter lauren who teaches classes so i highly recommend people to go and watch yeah. that show how to get everything you want in relationships it's really yeah. amazing how to get more in your relationships more. it's a great okay yeah. well we got a pretty good thing going here but i'm going to go take that test too just in case there's more that i'm missing out on yes 
Yeah, it sounds wonderful. And uh, we will for sure be putting the website in the show notes and everything so that people can find that. And, um, and listeners, I, I highly recommend um, you go there and check out all of John Gray's amazing books and his work and his course. It's well worth it. And I guarantee if you go at it with an open mind, it will absolutely enhance your relationships. So that is going to do it for us today. We will have you back again soon, I hope, John. So listeners, I, uh, I hope you enjoyed that. If you find value in what we talk about here on We're Talking Shift, please take a minute to give us a rating and a review. Leave your comments. We'd love to hear what you think about everything. And those reviews and ratings inspire other people to jump on and listen to all of the good shift that we're sharing here. So until next week, stay feisty, my friends. Stay healthy and go make some epic shifts happen in your lives goes for you too, Gary Vee.